Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of the SVT Podcast. I am with my boys Sam and Vince and Tim on the ones and twos. How's everyone doing tonight? <laughs> Great. Great. Shiny. So Sam is clearly a mountain man. Um, he is illiterate <laughs> and has gone through tons of inbreeding because he doesn't know how to speak anymore. Hey, now. <laughs> We'll, 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 we'll let you get into it, you know, here and shortly here, but um, what a fun week in football. Um, we are now at the cusp of our fantasy league here and uh, my booty hole is tight to say the least. Uh, That's right. Oh my God. Vince here. So <laughs> yeah. Um, all three of us are in the semifinals for those of you who care. Um, um, my, my brother was the only other person uh, that made the semifinals. Uh, Sam dispatched of him uh, fairly uh, easily. And now it's just me. It's just me and Tyler. We're down to the last, uh, you know, the last game here on Monday night. So uh, I'm also with a, a tight booty hole, hoping for good things because I'm coming from behind. So um, this is uh, Sam's re- uh, this is Sam's redemption year. He yes. uh, his, his <laughs> team gave up on him last year, and this year he he came back with a vengeance. So yeah, uh, I mean, I, last year I was the one that ended up having to buy the movie tickets. This year, the loser between me and you is gonna have to do it. Cause we're, cause the winner's going to face Sam in the title. So uh, it's true. tight. It's getting real tight, buddy. <laughs> By the time you're hearing this people, uh, you'll, the results will be final. So uh, one of us will be real happy or real sad, but that's okay. Well, let's get into it. We had a big week of football. I did, I did not uh, realize your guys's week was this close now. So, oh yeah. Oh, we got uh, close catching like, up. The, we are touching yeah. tips. Like we are holding yeah. pinkies. Uh, it is like so just the projected uh, right now. It's 50, 50. But it would be, Tyler, you're locked in at 98.56. And Vince is projected to go 98.62. So, so it, it is a drop. Now it's, now it's 98.60. So Yeah, it's, it is tight. So, um, yeah, it's going to be a real close game the, the whole way through. Um, so, yeah, uh, uh, let's, uh, let's get going on this pod so that I can, after we're done here, I can just continue to just sweat it Absolutely. out on my couch, you know, get my cardio well, in just watching football from the couch, you know. Well, roll us out with some, some, uh, some scores from this wonderful week of football. All right. So on Thursday, Jacksonville all over the New York Jets, 19 to 3. We turn to Saturday, Christmas Eve, Baltimore beat Atlanta 17 to 9. Carolina over Detroit 37-23. Cincinnati beat New England 22-18. The Minnesota Vikings kicked that last second 61-yard field goal, beat the New York Giants 27-24. Kansas City over Seattle 24-10. Buffalo beat Chicago 35-13. New Orleans over Cleveland, 17-10. Houston beat Tennessee, 19-14. And on Sunday, uh, Green Bay over Miami, 26-20. The Rams, huge win, 51-14 over Denver. Tampa Bay in overtime is able to dispatch with Arizona, 19-16. Indianapolis and Los Angeles Chargers are playing on Monday Night Football. That game is in action right now. And now we turn our attention to our teams. Uh, Let's start with Sam, because you've heard enough of my voice right now. The Las Vegas Raiders fall to Pittsburgh 13-10. Buddy. Yeah. Another one one score loss. Another one score loss. Another game lost when you had the lead. Um, 
how do you not point at the defense and say that's the problem? Um, <laughs> you know, um, I don't know, man. It's like that, you know, they look good in the first half offensively and then they completely go away from what got them there, which makes no sense, you know. Um, disappointing game. Um, you had the, I mean, that's the thing is you, you win these games, they're four or five games better and you're second or third in the ASC. Um, so it's just incredibly frustrating that they can't figure out how to close a game. Um, and I, 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 I don't know. I've never seen anything like it. I've never seen a team make an art of blowing leads like this, blowing games like this. Yeah. Um, you want to know the really disgusting part at six and nine, you have less than 1% chance of making the playoffs, which means you don't have a 0% chance. Right. Um, like you haven't been mathematically eliminated yet, but there are te- uh, the Browns are six and nine and they are eliminated. So, yeah. um, uh, so through tiebreakers, it is uh, not, it's not going to happen. Obviously we, we, right, we know it's right. not going to happen, but the, just the, the fact that you you hold these tiebreakers even at six and nine over some of these guys ahead of you, some of these teams ahead of you, it just goes to show you, you know, the the what could have been, you know. Yeah. It's it, it is just overall a disappointing season for the Raiders. Um, at the beginning of the uh, season, I kind of thought that the Raiders would take a step back. Um, I didn't know how it would happen, but uh, the way that they're losing these games, it is it, it's. It's an art form, you know. Like it really is. It's it yeah. is a masterclass in suckage, and uh, to to lose, you know, these five. You have double digit leads in what four of these games that you lose. It's, it's interesting, like because the like, I don't want to spend too much time on it, you know, or go crazy on it. But you know, last year, we know what happened with John Gruden. Basaccia steps in, and they get to the playoffs. And I thought. Typically, I think in a normal circumstance like Denver, they just fired their coach. We'll we'll talk about that more later. But they typically when you fire a coach and the interim coach typically doesn't get the job, but usually that head coach is fired because of performance, because the team wasn't very good. We know what happened with John Gruden and Basaccia brought the team together and things went on and the, and the team went into the playoffs. I felt like the smart thing, for the franchise to do, and I think a lot of Raider fans agreed with this, was keep Basaccia, give him the year, but use that year to possibly find the replacement. And now, we'll talk about this more later on down the show too, is now Sean Payton is is available with Vic Fangio, possibly as the defensive coordinator. What better way to fix the Raiders than Sean Payton with Vic Fangio? Can you imagine this Raiders offense with you know, Sean Payton. Um, yeah. Uh, you know, Sean calling Payton, plays and he, Vic Fangio is, on defense. Yeah. Sean Payton is obviously the the big name out there this off season. Uh, he's uh, I, the way that new Orleans is playing right now uh, this season goes to show you just how good of a coach he was. Cause even with, you know, the fuck after the, the year that they haven't Drew found a quarterback, there, man, they, I mean, Drew Brees wasn't there last year either. Right. So it's and their second they season were, without Drew Brees, without a yeah, quarterback. Yeah, they were they were still within inches of the playoff spot last year. The Niners had to win uh in LA on that last game of the season to claim their spot. But they're spot. still competitive. They yeah. still look like a franchise that knows what they're doing. 
still feels like there's a direction. Um, that would have been the coach that if you're going to give a 10 year contract to who none of these coaches are guaranteed to live out a 10 year contract, but that's the, probably the duo, uh, you might want to lock a lock in with, because even if they only go five years, they're going to leave a a solid foundation. And again, the Raiders just look like they can't make any decisions or, or correct decisions. Like nothing breaks their way. Yeah. Um, I don't know. It just kind of feels like it's, I've defended Mark Davis so much this past year. It just feels like um, under this ownership, it, it's just not going to work. It hasn't worked for many, many years. Um, I don't know. I just can't explain it. Maybe the, maybe the the franchise is just cursed to give up losses like this because you should be competing for a playoff spot. So yeah. it's just, it's just heartbreaking, man. As a, as a fan, it's just heartbreaking. Totally understand that. Um, Less heartbreaking for me, at least. Uh, The Niners ended up uh, just beating the hell out of Washington, the Commandos, uh, 37-20. So uh, it was 7-7 at half, but in the second half, the Niners made their adjustments, and they just – they absolutely just crushed them in the second half. It was – it was almost – it turned into a laughter, you know? It It was a lot of fun to watch. Uh, as a Niners fan, probably not so much fun if you're a Washington fan. Uh, but this was uh, Brock Purdy's third consecutive win as a starter. So I mean, he's he's doing things that Joe Montana didn't do, him and Steve Young didn't do. Like he's the first Niners quarterback to win his first three starts. You know, for uh, uh, yeah. So so this is. I mean, he's got a, uh, yeah. he's, got he's, swagger. he's performing, he's, he's performing really well. And I, I think one of the biggest assets for a young quarterback is he's got a championship defense, you know, oh, yeah. and their skill positions around him. And I think his, his uh, style quarterback play is fitting the present 49er team because it's make the decision, get the ball out, you know, so just get the ball out of his hands as quick as possible you know, so he he's processing information. It seems like pretty quickly. He's seen the field pretty quickly, and he's getting the ball out. Um, you know, so it's just it's just starting to look really good. And then last week he didn't look as good, but come to find out, he didn't practice all week, so he had no reps. Uh, yeah, because and it was, he was the short a game week time as well. He was a game time decision. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. So for coming in with no practice, no reps. On a Thursday night, yeah. On a on a short week and perform the way he did last week is quite impressive. And um he he just he's hitting the nail on the head. <laughs> yeah, this is he's looking uh, really good on this 49er team. Yeah, yeah, this is what you're this is best case scenario. Uh like you, you get nervous if if any team is down to their third string quarterback, it is not good, you know. Like like this, I think this is the first time where I can remember a team being down to their third string quarterback and they'll, they still have a realistic shot at playing for the Lombardi trophy. So, I mean, this is every other time it's, you know, injuries happen and you're just, your season's done. It's, it's over. Um, especially to your second string quarterback, like you lose Trey Lance, you lose Jimmy and it just keeps on humming baby. So yeah. I am, uh, I still I would excited. like to see, uh, a game or two games before the end of the season where he's it's a tight game, 
you know, where yeah. it, I would like to see a little bit more pressure cooker situations. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, come because, from behind, yeah, you know, it, it was, it was tight uh, at the half, but they came out of the second half and they just absolutely uh, annihilated them, just kept scoring and kept putting pressure on, uh, on Washington and Washington obviously couldn't answer. Uh, it looked tight a, going into halftime, but I yeah, think I mean, the, it, the it, feeling it, was, was that like yeah. at some point the, you know, the levy's going to break for, uh, for, uh, you know, uh, Washington, that it was just going to break on them. Like they weren't going to be able to hold it together yeah. for four quarters. Like, I think we kind of had that yeah. feeling. Nick, Nick Bosa is uh, putting his mark on the defensive player of the year as well. Yeah. I, 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 I don't I think it's add, his to lose. I don't want to add salt to the wound here for you, Sam, but when you're saying you want a close game, are you looking to show up? Are you looking like what Pickens kind of did with against the Raiders where like, it was just down to the wire you know, the atmosphere, the weather. Is well, of course, next week for? I would love the, I would still love for the Raiders to win, of course. But I'm saying from the perspective of Brock Purdy, you know, he's been playing well, but yeah. I would like to see him in a come from behind situation or a tight game, you know, lead the team down. It's tied and you, you get a game winning field goal, you know, uh, just situations where he need the, he needs to get the ball out is what I'm saying is, a close game. Of course, I want the Raiders to win next week. No, I, I just meant like the, this past game with 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 how Pickens seemed kind of poised and he's really had a up and down season. So I guess that that's what I'm kind of getting at is that that Tom Brady esque or the what Pickens did as a young QB is that's kind of what you're looking yeah, for. Yeah, I mean, yeah, like win the game. You know, uh, right now he has so many playmakers where he can make a decision, get it to a playmaker. Um, but sometimes you just want to see that quarterback drive down the field, right. see the ice water, you know, ice in his veins. Uh, he's looked good when he's not, when the game is not on the line, you know, um, let's see how he looks when it's a little bit tighter. And I think he needs that because I don't think the 49ers, when you get into the playoffs, you don't think any team is just going to go undefeated in the playoffs and just blow everybody out 30 to zero every single playoff game. So if they are going to make a deep run, Brock Purdy is going to be in situations where he's going to have to win the game to get a field goal. And even in like, it may look the other way around where the 49ers are hanging around, hanging around, hanging around, and they need a game winning field goal to, at the end. And the other team was clearly a better team and the 49ers are able to steal one. So the playoffs different story it's gonna be a different story with the third string quarterback even though he has been impressive so it'd be good that next week and maybe the following week he gets some pressure situations that he can he can grow on where you could develop that play calling you can develop those scripted play scenarios you know so it'd be it'd be good for him that's fair that's fair all right well. so i mean that that leaves us with just one game left to talk about uh, that would be uh, Philadelphia Eagles played Dallas Cowboys and lost 40 to 34. That's your rival. Uh, <laughs> what happened? <laughs> what, what, what's going on? See, you guys are trying to rile me up and, and get after me. And I'm, I'm sorry. And, I can't hear you over Dallas, put like beating the shit out of you. I can't. I'm sorry. How about them I, Cowboys? I can hear that all the way over here. And I, I would, I would get upset any other, any other week, but you know what I want, what I'm not upset about is that 
we almost beat the Cowboys in Dallas with a backup quarterback in Gardner Minshew. So it wasn't like we threw our A plus, you know, MVP caliber quarterback out there. I think if that was out there, that if Jalen Hurts was out there, that game is drastically different. That whole playbook is for Jalen Hurts to make decisions to either throw the ball, hand off the ball, or run the ball. You don't get that with Gardner Minshew. You get the same playbook, but it's Gardner Minshew who's not running with the ball. So you basically have eliminated a whole other scheme that the defense has to worry about. And Ch- and Chandler Parsons. Parsons was getting after for Dallas. I will admit, he is top tier. He literally plays a free safety linebacker, if that makes any sense. He lines up on the edge, in the middle, takes over the center, right guard, left guard, doesn't matter. Amazing defensive player. I will give him that shout out there. But the Cowboys barely beat a team that didn't have its best players out there. And in fact, Max came out, got hurt. Lane Johnson got hurt. So everyone's going through injuries. I'm not upset about it. It's fine. I personally think that there's a lot to take away from this. Um, Defensively, we had our struggles. Yes. Um, But I will say the run defense, which has been an Achilles heel for us all season, they showed up. You know, uh, Zeke uh, Elliott didn't pop off of that big run, that big touchdown. It didn't happen. I will say that they probably could have done a lot better at trying to uh, rile in C.D. Lamb here because he went off against us. I think he went like two touchdowns, 100 and I don't know, 40 yards or something crazy like that. But um, it's okay. I'll take this as, you know what? It's fine. We lost to a team in their in their own home, and we barely lost to them. I'll see you in the playoffs, Dallas, and guarantee you when Jalen Hurts is there, it's not a contest. It's over. I'll be cocky for them. It's over. <laughs> All right. Um. So uh, let's just look at the playoff picture real quick. So the Eagles do still have the one seed at thirteen and two. They have not clinched the division yet. Um. Uh, if if the Eagles were to lose out and the Cowboys win out, the Cowboys would be your uh, NFC East champions. I don't expect that to happen. Uh, obviously, Tyler, you don't expect that to happen. Uh, what what did happen though is uh, the with the Vikings win and the Niners win, the race for the number one seed did get a lot tighter. Um, the Vikings, you know, are one game back. The Niners are two. So if you uh, if the Eagles do lose out, but the Cowboys still, you know, lose a game at some point, the Eagles would still be the a- the NFC East champions, but the Niners or the Vikings would be the one seed. And I think the Niners actually have the tiebreaker. I don't know so. if that's true because the Vikings and the Eagles played earlier this year in week two, and we beat the Vikings. So if well, we no, tied I, I, with the Vikings, let's see if we tied with the Vikings, the Eagles would still have the number one. Yeah. Seed. Oh yeah. No, uh, the Niners have the, tie- I was saying that the Niners have the tiebreaker. Uh, based on okay. uh, uh, the, uh, the the rest of the, um, uh, however it's it's it settles out. The yeah, I don't I don't know how it works since, uh, since we I think it's conference I think it's conference record. Um, okay. So, uh, the Niners' loss to Denver actually helps them in that department because their loss was AFC versus an NFC team. How so, many? So have you guys lost two games to NFC teams? Uh, I. I don't remember who were the other losses. Because our only, our only two uh, losses. It was so long were, ago. Were, those those losses were so long ago. I don't even remember them, man. Uh, see the cool thing about being the, the cool thing about year. being an Eagles. I fan can't even remember. I only have to worry about. I only had to remember two of them, and it was Washington and Dallas. So you know that's yeah. nice. Yeah. Sounds like your heart was broken twice. 
Yeah. <laughs> you only remember the broken, the ones that break your heart. Yeah. Apparently yeah I remember I'm, two. We only uh, lost two. <laughs> um. So uh, Buccaneers. I lost so many. I can't seat. even, I don't even remember any of them. They're all the same. Yeah. Lifestyle of losing. Yeah. Uh, the Buccaneers are still the four seed and they'll probably end up winning uh, the NFC South, but they haven't clinched that yet. Um, Cowboys and commanders are your six and seven seeds. Uh, teams that are still in it in the NFC, uh, you still have the Seahawks and the Lions and the Packers are all seven and eight. Panthers and the Saints are six and nine. They're still not mathematically can, eliminated. Can we also either. talk about how the NFC East are literally all aligned to go into the playoffs? Oh, yeah. Yeah. A the whole entire, division. The entire division. We thought that that was going to be a possibility for the NFC West. But uh, the Arizona Cardinals and the Rams did not hold up their end of the bargain. So uh, it, it, it it might be the NFC East. Uh, that, that's kind of wild, man. That's I I, uh, I hope the Lions can get in there and make a little bit of noise. That'd be a lot of fun, a fun story, you know, from biting yep. kneecaps Definitely. to biting into playoff hot dogs. I don't know. Just making shit up. <laughs> <laughs> a playoff hot dog. I, there we go. Um. Yeah, Seattle uh, is seven and eight, and they—I mean—they do have a. Uh, a it, this here says seventeen and a half percent chance to make it. The Lions actually have a one in three shot to make it. They're thirty-three percent, so that's like a realistic chance. It's not out of the realm of possibility, I guess. Like it, it is a fair thing to say that they could be in the playoffs, and that's just—that's insane to me because the Lions are, you know, perennial downtrodden. Terrible, terrible team. So. I like the Lions head coach. I know they lost this week, but I, man, their head coach is it's just a good coach to root behind, man. Yeah, Absolutely. he's, uh, he's they've been a lot of fun. Yeah, he yeah. yeah, they 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 love him in Detroit. So uh they play hard for him. And that that's one of the things you'd love to see out of a, a, a like if you're if you're an owner and you see that these players really love playing for this coach. Uh, you know, seven and eight, it, they, they may be under 500, but they're playing hard for him every week. And they've really turned it around the last few weeks because they were a lot There's worse. There's just something to be said about like what you just said, Vince, like playing for your coach. When, mm-hmm. when you look at the Raiders versus the Raiders last year with Basaccia, they were playing for that coach because they knew that, you, you know, they knew that this was going to be broken apart, you know, and they all loved Basaccia, so they wanted to come around him, and he did a good job. But you look at the New York Jets, uh, Robert Sala, you know, they, they love playing for him, and they know that if they had a quarterback, they'd be three, four games better. Yeah. And uh, right there in it. Um, yeah. uh, as it stands right now, they're tied with the Patriots at seven and eight, along with the Titans and the Steelers. They're all seven and eight. And they all, you know, have a shot at the playoffs here. They're all in the hunt. They're not in the playoffs as of right now. Uh, oddly enough, Jacksonville Jaguars. They're really fun. I watch them. <laughs> I watch their game. That's your four seed right now because yeah. the Titans have fallen on hard times. They've lost like five in a row. So the Jaguars, that's another fun team. I just, you know, I'm, I'm really excited to see the chaos that would ensue. You know, this is. Well, Lawrence looks like the, the number one pick that he was. Yeah. You know, Turns out but, Urban Meyer well, was the yeah. problem. That's what happens when your head coach it's, is, you know, literally kicking you. It's yeah. Urban High. <laughs> He's the problem. It's him. Yeah. <laughs> you know what's so wild is this is such a good season. Like 
there's a lot of teams that can make it like teams that you were not expecting Jaguars, Titans, you know, Detroit. I mean, God, this is just a good season. This is, yeah, I love, this is a lot like our fantasy where we literally went down to the last week where everyone had a chance to make it. Yep. So that's, that's right. Nobody was eliminated till the last day. Um, uh, a team that has been eliminated though is Denver and they eliminated their head coach, Nathaniel Hackett. He got the hatchet and he is gone. You're saying he couldn't yeah, hack it. He, he couldn't he, hack it. He, he couldn't, couldn't hack, hack it. it. He got the hatchet. He gone. All right. <laughs> uh, Nathaniel Hackett gets fired. There's still two games left in the year. Uh, you know, what's next for Denver? Like they, uh, we, we talked earlier about uh, Sean Payton might be the guy, but then you have to look at, uh, Vic Fangio is probably part of the package deal with Sean Payton. And would they bring Vic Fangio back as a defensive coordinator? This nope. is a new ownership group. There's not a lot of players left over from his his time. So you guys maybe shake your head and say, no, I'm saying, hold on. Maybe not. Maybe I that's... think the Broncos would be open to it. I don't know if Vic Fangio would be open to it. Well, I mean, like, I, I'm just I will say this different. I'll, like, I'll different say this. No, I hear you. I hear all. you. I just the, think the... Vic Fangio wouldn't want to come back the Broncos ownership is the richest ownership of all of NFL. So if they can make the money work for Vic Fangio, then, then I would think maybe Vic Fangio, I, I think it's going to come down to how much are you willing to pay me to come back here in this place that I was slaughtered in. He's already got the uh, jacket, right? He's already got the snow jacket and the yeah. beanie. So, you know, it saves, it actually saves them a little bit of money too. They could, you know, add that to the pay. Add that to his paycheck instead of, you know, saving it for, you know, uh, team equipment. I don't know, well, man. I think they're going to, I think he's going to Arizona. So how about that? <laughs> I actually think I actually, that's actually my, where I think that's happening too. I think, I think Cliff Kingsbury is done after this year. Uh, they're uh, in Arizona. They're not going to fire him during the season. I suspect unless they fire, unless they fire him with one game left. And then that, then they only have to worry about an interim coach for one week instead of two. Uh, but can you imagine gives, like Arizona getting Sean Payton and Vic Fangio to run the defense, and then you go into the season with Kyler Murray, and then the backups, the two backups that Sean Payton could bring in. So in case he goes down, he's gonna because you know he's gonna have somebody ready to yeah, run I that mean, offense, like yeah. somebody that fits his offense. He's gonna go out and get somebody. I am curious though, so because to me. Kyler Murray and and Russell Wilson, they kind of to me have a, a lot of similarities outside of just you know being probably closer in height. I just think that I, I want to make sure I word this correctly here. I just think that Russell Wilson has a disconnect with the team, and I think there's a big problem of his past of not being the guy that you know the team looks up to as the captain of the team, which most teams quarterbacks are, right? Well, you're Especially back with offense. Denver. Um, right. But yeah. what I'm saying is, though, is that Arizona, it kind of feels the same way. You know, like Kyler Murray's got all this stuff about how he, you know, doesn't read the playbook and he plays too many video games, you know, and, you know, ex-players are saying things about him. So I think there's a lot of similarities between those two guys. Differences, of course, of playing, you know, pedigree comes with Russell Wilson in Seattle. But I think, I think you would have an easier time trading Kyler Murray than you would Russell Wilson, honestly. Yeah, I mean, that contract is contract, yeah. immovable at this point. Yeah. That's but a I lot of dead you're, cap. You're not, what are you going to give up? Like, you think some team's going to give up, like, two, three first-round draft picks for for that? 
No, you know? I think no. I think you're looking. You're gonna have to take an L, and uh, yeah, you might be able to get a couple of seconds, like a but second. Like if and you're a Denver, or if you're Denver, even if you get, let's say you get one number one, let's say you're still that cap penalty. Yeah, that dead. You're cap not gonna be able Russell. to go out and get another quarterback next year. Mm-hmm. So you're you're better. The next coach is probably gonna have to make it work with that quarterback. Oh yeah. Where um, Arizona, I think you could trade Kyler Murray and get either a, a decent draft pick back, or you could get a few guys that can fit what you need to do. Maybe you don't get the quarterback you want right away, but you get you get a one you maybe I think Kyler Murray's still like a one and some more. You know, I think you're you're definitely getting a one and more for Kyler Murray. You're not getting a one and more for for Russell Wilson. So I, think, I would agree like, that he, you're not. I, I would agree you're not getting a uh, one plus uh, extras for Russell Wilson. I'm not entirely sure that that's that's the case as well though for um uh, for Kyler Murray. I think I think maybe it's a two now at this point for him, and then like a couple other pieces like a two and a four and a five or something like that. Uh, I, I I'm not sold that it, it's going to be a one coming back for you anymore because of all of this uh, drama that we hear coming out about the video games and whatnot. So I don't know, you know, I, I yeah, mean, I, I hear you on that, but I always think there's, when there's a young quarterback like this, it, you know, I could coach him. I'm mm-hmm. going to be the one that can reach him. Yeah. And somebody's he, Zach Wilson is going to get a job somewhere else right. after this, you know, because some coach is going to say, I can work with that. I can, I'm smarter than anybody else. I can do the magic thing that makes him suddenly uh, really, really good. I just look at if I'm Sean Payton, Arizona, I think could be the fastest ticket to build a fucking contender, like in a, in a next season, like in one season, you could take this roster with Kyler Murray and you know, if you're Sean Payton, what if you could be the coach to to unlock it? Yeah. You know, or I mean, coach they, him up to a better season and then trade him. A couple of years you ago, know? they had 10 wins. So they're, I mean, they're not far out. You know, right. they are. It's, I mean, we see what Miami is doing right now with Tua and, and Kyler Murray has done it. So I don't know, man. That can be a very dangerous offense with Sean Payton, Kyler Murray, the weapons they have. And then you bring in a defensive coordinator. It's not like that, you know, Arizona has talent defensively too. So, that could be a beast. Well, so you're you're thinking Arizona, um, Vince. You're probably leaning that way too, but not you know sold that Denver's oh, out mean, of the picture. I mean, I mean, he could. Uh, I, I I think if he does go somewhere, uh, Arizona is probably the front runner in my mind. Although they still have to fire Cliff Kingsbury first, and maybe I, they're dumb enough to keep him. I, I got a wild card for you that I think is also should be in play too. Oh, wild card! Damn, set up for this one. I also think that the Chicago Bears are probably um, maybe in the mix for him. I mean, Justin Field has shown to be an amazing quarterback this year, but no issues that we're having to deal with in Arizona. Well, um, I mean, they just hired that guy this year, right? This is his first year, the new head coach. Yeah. Um, I, so I think Matt Eberflus. Yeah, yeah, Matt, Matt that's Eberflus. His first year. Yeah, it's his first yeah. year. I don't think that they're going to fire him. I think he's like, uh, obviously with Justin Fields flashing a little bit here and there, I think they're going to go in thinking if we can get some pieces for him and they're going to keep the coach in place, maybe this system works. And yeah. so I don't know that Chicago is the, uh, uh, I don't think Chicago is going to fire their guy. 
Um, I also thought that Chicago hired Matt Eberflus as a stopgap, you know, and I also think that if Sean Payton shows interest, I think Chicago has to at least entertain the thought of bringing him in and would this work? Is this going to work? I mean, well, this no was job is safe. Look first at, year, right? Yeah, I was going to say, look at, look at Denver. I mean, no job yeah. is safe. Yeah, but know? that was a complete train wreck, I think. I, You know, Denver, they thought that was going to be a contender, and they just ran that into the ground. Well, or they also traded away, team. like, their defense. It didn't make – what they did this year didn't make any sense. But um, quick notes here I want to touch base on to it. I just saw um, on TV here what what at least was the – they thought was the – concussion but Tua is in con- concussion protocol again uh Mike Mike McDaniel Mike yeah Mike McDaniel Mike- just found out today um didn't know where it came from but it looked like when uh Tua shovel passed he got taken down by yeah. his feet and his head slammed into the turf so I, I actually Mike- I have some stats for you okay? okay so uh before that play Tua was nine for 12 for 229 yards he was averaging 19 yards per attempt and he had a touchdown and no interceptions. After that play, he was seven for 13 for 81 yards. He was 6.2 yards per attempt, zero touchdowns, three interceptions. So he was playing incredibly well right up until he got his head bapped on the grass again. And so here we are again, this is Tua again. Uh, this is the second time he's been playing after having you know what looks like a really bad concussion a third time excuse me because uh yeah this is what is it about Tua that is letting like he's getting concussed but they keep letting him play I don't know what the hell is going on in Miami I don't know well, don't, isn't, isn't is. there like uh they say like once you get a concussion and you get a second one they become more and more they're more oh, yeah, frequent the, yeah they're, they're a so, lot more so frequent yeah two two things to that I, I want to say that he didn't exhibit any signs of having concussions. So I'm not going to blame the NFL for not catching it, you know, where uh, I think it was Nelson Aguilar, whoever it was caught his teammate wobbling and couldn't even stand up. You know, none of those signs exhibited with Tua. So. Right. I, I but could... the, the independent spotter should have seen, Hey, he just got hit. Like he just took a hit to the head. He's Tua, who we had a problem with this earlier. We should at least t- take him to the blue tent and just do a quick check just to make sure, you know, like, like have them, have them out for the rest of that series and then move on, you know, but yeah, even it, if it's he a wasn't judgment displaying call. signs, I just, I, uh, you, it, they, they really should be, especially to uh, because he's had these severe in uh, concussions, they, they should be like extra strict. Did, I don't know if we talked about this him. last week when Nelson Aguilar noticed, uh, his teammate was having, did you see this? No, no, he, we, he was, I, I didn't. uh, I believe it was Nelson Aguilar noticed his teammate was acting silly when he was standing up and he lined up and then uh, Nelson Aguilar, um, Judy Myers, uh, called or for a timeout. Jacoby Myers. Jacoby Myers. Jacoby Myers had the concussion or. Yeah. yeah. So Jacoby Myers had the concussion and then Nelson Aguilar uh, noticed. Realized ahead, he was like wobbly. And then Nelson Aguilar called the timeout and got him off the field. But he was pissed because he said that they should have spotted that. He wasn't even able right. to stand up straight. He, he looked like a baby giraffe out there. Um, and so that's where I'm like, okay, immediately that should have been called. Two of thing, I get where you're coming from. He's had a history, but he didn't show any science. So it, it's really hard to say you got to pull him out because he had a concussion. You know what I mean? Especially when he's 
there's no signs. There's nothing there. So I, I'm not going to blame the NFL. That's a really hard judgment call, but you are right. He had a history. Maybe they should have taken a look, but we're here now. So right. um, my second point to that was that, is he the next job at best? Is concussions going to derail his whole entire career before it even gets off the ground? I mean, uh, that's a question that um, we, we can only tell from the future, but he certainly, this could be a thing. And I mean, we have to see what happens this off season. Obviously he's not going to be taking any hits uh, in the off season for sure. Like, I mean, there, we got to see how his brain recovers with several months of not, of not, of not no football contact or anything like that. Cause uh, this is the kind of thing that ended several quarterbacks careers. Steve Young, Troy Aikman, those are hall of famers who had their careers cut short because of concussions, you know, and, and this is not something to be trifled with. I mean, there are sure. linebackers who like have died and uh, you know, unalived themselves because of concussions and because of CTE. And this is, this is something that I wish that we could take seriously. So, yeah. um, yeah. Okay. I we, uh, we, we got well, we to move let's, on. Let's jump into this. We're, we're in medicals. Let's just jump into medicals again. Uh, Carlos Correa amazingly <laughs> was picked up by the giants on what a 13, 360, 350. Okay. Yeah. Then he had what was a cause of concern on a medical report from his knee surgery back in 2013 or 2014. Um, that caused the Giants to be like, I think longevity, this isn't going to work out. So off he walked to be a free agent again, and the Mets came in quicker than than a bullet. And they came in and they took him off and signed him for 12 years, $315 million, And now they have a cause and concern of his medical report from his knee. So um, I saw a funny report, or I'm sorry, a funny picture, and it was uh, Moneyball. And it was uh, Jonah Hill talking to Brad Pitt. And he was like, Hey, Brad, see this guy right here? Uh, well, it was Billy. It was, hey, Billy, see this guy right here? Every team is afraid to get him. We might be able to get him for $365,000. <laughs> uh, not likely. And I would be livid if they did, uh, just for the record. That's a guy that we've booed consistently since 2019, uh, 2020, really. Um, when uh, Even when we couldn't be in the stands, we were booing him from our TVs. Uh, so I, I would not love to see him if I'm being honest, but that's a funny joke. Nonetheless, uh, <laughs> that being said, this whole, you know, the, the medical thing, I, I, I think it's the, it's the double digit years. That's really scaring these teams off. I think they, they say, yeah, sure. 12 years, 13 years, whatever. But then they look at the, then they like have buyer's remorse and then they were able to find something in the medical that they didn't really love. So then they were able to walk away from the deal. And so that's, I think what, that's what happened with the giants and that might be what's happening now with the Mets. So they may be uh, trying to renegotiate the deal a little bit. Scott Boris is not really uh, one to renegotiate once he's got his bag. So uh, uh, I think that maybe Carlos Correa ends up going somewhere else entirely. I don't, I don't know. Maybe, uh, maybe a 12 year or 13 year deal is just not going to happen for him. Maybe it's going to be something more like uh, eight years. You know, I think even if they were at the same money per year, if they did eight years, I think that maybe they wouldn't have, you know, struck down the deal. I think uh, both in both cases. So 
we'll see what happens. But I just, I, I think it's that they're being scared off by the double digit years. I mean, they don't want to have to pay uh, somebody who isn't going to be able to play a single game for them for the last like three Does years. This, of these contracts. Uh, do you think this changes the look on the giants? Cause the giants franchise got a lot of flack yes. for it. Um, oh did, yeah. They were catching heaters. The they were catching the heaters. I, I, I don't know. I mean, I, I think it might actually uh, a little bit, it, it might take a little bit of heat off of the giants. Uh, um, I don't know if it'll do it locally, but on the nationals perspective, like, you know, like nationwide, maybe, yeah, maybe that takes a little bit of steam off of, uh, off of like other people criticizing the giants, but it definitely doesn't take them out of it. I mean, they have to make a splash next year. And if they don't, we keep what, saying what are that they every doing? year. What are they doing? But they <laughs> have the money to year. do it. They have they, they the money have the to money. do it. They don't like, they keep coming in second place for all of these free agents every time. And I, I almost think it's on purpose. They, they find out what but the, the deal one is. Time, the one time they get the splash, you know, yeah, they back they, out they, of the deal. Everybody's complaining that they didn't do enough diligence. So why did you announce the deal? Carlos and then the Mets Correa's, come in and swim, you know, swoop up. <laughs> his family was in the city they right. were here they, they, were, they were ready all for this SF. press conference yeah. he was they like were... in an orange uh he was in like in a suit he was like in a orange suit <laughs> yeah he was wow. ready to roll to be announced and then like what like like three hours before all of a sudden they're like oh, oh hey whoa hey whoa hey whoa i think hey. that's where the giants so are, are catching catching the heaters is so late in the game why didn't you know about this like wait you know two three days a week before the press conference like why did you schedule the press conference and this isn't all ironed out ironclad you know yeah, you got me uh, on that one i i, that's, I think where the giants look bad is and then apparently scott boris is saying you know it got to a point where like he was ghosted. He was like the Giants ghosted me. <laughs> I don't think that's true. I that's just that's totally a Scott Boris type of move. Um, yeah, th- Scott Boris. I don't know. The grimy. media is kind of substantiating well, they, that. They they just signed <laughs> um they signed Michael Conforto like the next day, and he's also a Scott Boris client. Right. So I don't know that that's no. true that he goes that he was ghosted. I, I, I I'm on team they, Scott Boris is uh, making it up a little bit. I don't know. Uh, well, just to clean up some some uh, MLB uh, uh, signings here, the Giants did end up picking up a player. Uh, it cost them significantly less. Uh, they picked up uh, Taylor Rogers, who is the brother, or I'm sorry, the twin brother of Tyler Rogers, um, on a three-year, thirty-three million dollar. Um, that's cool. That's gonna be fun. I think that should be interesting be- if they go <laughs> with like a starting pitch, closing pitch, that, that'd be fun. Be yeah, you got to be real deliberate with when you're saying, saying who gets warmed up in the pen uh, on those uh, days when he's not starting, you know, sure, you can't, can't say Rogers. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Reds uh, DFA Mike Moustakis, which that's interesting. He's probably going to go to the Mets. They all go to the Mets. Um, <laughs> next is uh, Kirk Casale to Cincinnati on a one year, three and a quarter mil. Uh, Will Myers to Cincinnati as well. One and seven and a half mil. What is Cincinnati doing? What are they doing? They're they're trying to make a show of going of you know spending money. Being they're they're doing uh, their fans got pissed off just like A's fans got pissed off. Um, they're just at least trying to put the veneer of trying to go for it at least a little bit. I think That's... that they're yeah. It's I mean these deals aren't going to actually get the job done, but they're at least 
trying to sell the you know sell some tickets i guess because mm. that stadium was ghost town as well it's not just oakland like we talked about cincinnati pittsburgh a lot of these cities they were uh there were seats for miles miles to be seen you know i mean yeah well good on them it's Cincinnati's still gonna be in last place uh <laughs> Mets trade for James McCain, James McCann, sorry, to Baltimore. They they traded him to Baltimore. They didn't trade for him. Yeah. Sorry. I should preface that. They traded him to Baltimore, which that was kind of interesting. I didn't really see that coming. I guess maybe they had to clear up some cap space, I guess. I don't know. That was, that was an interesting one for me. Um, I'm going to save this one for last because I know Sam's got, uh, he's biting his tongue on this one. Brandon Drury to uh, the Angels on a two year, 17 million. And then Toronto acquired the outfielder slash catcher Dalton Varsho from Arizona for outfielders Lourdes Gurriel and top catching prospect Gabriel Moreno. So Dalton Varsho was, uh, he was just one of those guys that I think that a lot of people didn't really pay attention to. Um, a small, I don't, is Arizona a small market? I guess it's a small market. It's a team I mean, they're, they're big. I think they're, they, they do okay, but I mean, that's a football town and a basketball town first, you know, before yeah. it's a baseball town for sure. But yeah, Dalton Varsho was a good pickup, I think, for Toronto. Um, getting rid of Yuri Gorel, who was kind of injury prone up, up there, I think that was a good pickup for them, in my opinion. And then the greatest pickup of all time, Drew Rosinski to Oakland on a one year, $3 million contract. Can you yeah, believe he was it? Playing... They spent more than a than than a veteran minimum of six hundred thousand uh, dollars. He spent the last four years in Korea, so uh, welcome home. Um, good on you, Drew. Uh, welcome back home, and good luck. Uh, you know. Yippee, <laughs> also, the A's, the A's also <laughs> picked up Trevor May, and uh, for those of you who don't know, Trevor May is like top 20 percent in Twitchers or Twitch streamers. So. That's cool. Um, <laughs> Trevor Eat. Bauer, Trevor That's Bauer's cool. been uh, reinstated, which we're, we're pretty long winded into this. So we're, we're going to have to keep it short here, boys. But um, we may even have to save this one for, for next week, to be honest with you. But Trevor Bauer being reinstated and his suspension reduced to 194 games. So it's basically time served at this point. Yeah. Um. And it's, yeah, time served. Yeah. He hasn't even served any time yet. So, yeah. I have a lot to say on that. I'm going to bite my tongue. I'm going to put a pin in that for next week. Um, I think you guys would be okay with that. Yeah. Yeah. Think, yeah. We, we need right. to gather our thoughts on that. There's, there's a lot to rage about uh, and we just don't have the time. <laughs> um, is this Aaron judge? Is this the right one or, or is yeah. this the other one? Oh uh, no, this is uh, Aaron judge is the new Yankees captain. Um, Not this the is giants 16- one. No, no, no. What was his no, name? No. Uh, Adam uh, um, arson judge arson judge right. arson judge arson. was who the Giants signed um, <laughs> Aaron judge is going to be the new Yankees captain it's 16th in Yankees history and the first since Derek Jeter so Derek um, Jeter that's right uh, the Jeets um, <laughs> so is that like a thing that Yan- like the Yankees don't give out the captain unless it's unless you really earned it it was like Don Mattingly was the guy before Jeter and Jeter they they waited probably like six or seven years before pinning the C on his chest. So, I mean, so there was like, there's like, um, so who was last year's captain? There, there wasn't was no, captain. there wasn't, they, they just, they, they don't, they don't name captains unless they feel the need to, uh, to honor somebody who is going to be playing with them for the next nine years, you know, and is right, right. earned, uh, you know, a lot of accolades was that the, uh, and whatnot. 
was that the selling point as to why he came back to the Yankees? Or like, I think if you come be. back here, we'll put a C on your chest. That might be. Yeah. And you know what? I was listening to the radio and they had somebody talking. Um, they had somebody made a comment. I forget who it was, but they made a comment and they go, well, what if the Giants offered, you know, 500 million, right? And then this person goes, man, you can make that up in New York in a, in a minute. I mean, it's just like, you know, the, the being the captain in New York is it's, it's just worth more in the long run, the autographs, the, the long-term money, like being the captain of the Yankees, um, like that in itself just boost his career into a whole other, um, stratosphere. So I thought that was pretty, like, he's going to make that up in so many more endorsements when he retires, yeah. like, like being a retired Yankee is more valuable than being a retired giant. Even if like, no matter how good you were, like Buster Posey's a hall of famer, but he's not the captain of New yeah. York. Hall yeah. Of Buster Posey is selling Toyotas and that's like, just going to say that. Damn it. Yeah. I was trying to think of a joke for that. <laughs> um, Aaron judge is going to be selling everything for the next 40 years of his life. Yeah. Assuming he doesn't do something to negate all of that, you know, yeah. like as long as he doesn't fuck it up, he's made now he's, he's a made man. Like, yeah, that's it. That's <laughs> it for him. He's, he's set. Well, let's jump into this here. Cause I, I've been itching to talk about it and I've been having fun just replaying it and going on Reddit and reading all the fun stuff there. Um, I know the warriors looked absolutely abysmal on the road trip here um they dropped every single game here but that's okay what really mattered was the rematch on christmas day with the warriors and the memphis in san francisco memphis wanted all the smoke they've been talking all the smack all summer you know all all time of from saying, the moment we sent their happy asses packing in the playoffs they've been just yep. non-stop like little chihuahuas just yipping at us <laughs> And, and they got it. They got their first Christmas game. This is Memphis' first Christmas game in the franchise's history. And they got smoked. They got blown out by a team that had not just Steph Curry sitting out, but also Andrew Wiggins sitting out. I think uh, that was great. I mean, our bench looked like they all had number 30s on their back. I mean, we were playing lights out, offense, defense. There were six technicals. Clay Thompson's taunting uh, Dylan Brooks while he's on the ground. Draymond Green sticking his tongue out at Dylan Brooks. If you haven't noticed, Dylan Brooks is public enemy number one uh, after he damn near broke uh, GP2's uh, arm off. So um, I don't know. What are you guys' thoughts? I, I enjoyed every bit of that game. Well, I definitely loved when Clay was uh, uh, on top of Dylan Brooks, like talking crap and got that technical. That was pretty cool. <laughs> um it was a yeah it was definitely a good win they much needed win um how are you going to stabilize the ship you know while a superstar megastar steph curry is out you know the system is out um you know so hopefully they can steady the ship get you know stay 500 maybe even claw back and get to 500 so when he comes back it's like a whole new season uh stay healthy um, try to be positive. We talked about this the other day, Tyler. I was, I like, I'm a little down on Wiseman, you know, I'm just like, 
our roles have switched. You're down on him and I'm up on him now. Well, pause. No homo. <laughs> cut that. Cut that. Um, no, it's just he does he doesn't look good in uh rebounding, setting screens, like the stuff that like he looked pretty good at as a rookie. He doesn't even look good at that now. I will say this Christmas Day game was great. He didn't score a single point, but he got rebounds. He set screens. He boxed out. My biggest argument that that I was telling you the other day was that you can't be that big and get boxed out. You just you can't. Yeah, he's getting pushed. Like he gets, he doesn't box out. He doesn't box opponents out. Exactly. You know, he but he looked good. He looked good rebounds. last night. Like he he doesn't get any type of rebound. Just, he just also crazy got, to me. He also got a foul from JJJ Jaron Jackson Jr. last night, and then Clay Thompson took the free throws, so that was cool too. Refs totally blew that, but <laughs> <laughs> I was super excited for it. I I am waiting to see what the ship's going to be afterwards. You know, I mean, it just blows my mind that this team is so good home, and then when they go on the road, it's like they forget how to do everything. So hopefully, this ship is right. Hopefully this is a big turning point. I thought the last home game or road game against the, the Knicks was a good turning point. Um, I, I said they lost every game, but then I just realized that they beat the Knicks. So I guess they won one game on the road. Um, jumping into another fan favorite here, Vincey, how are the Sharkies doing? Well, this last week they had the worst loss of the season and the best win of the season in back-to-back games. They lose at home against Calgary 7-3, and it was an abysmal showing. They come back and win against Minnesota 5-2, and Minnesota is, you know, I'm, they're, they're in it for a playoff spot. So this is interesting that they showed up then. Uh, they're currently 11 wins, 18 losses, six overtime losses, which is good enough to put them in seventh for the Pacific. They are still ahead of the Ducks. Huck, uh, quack, duck quack, hunt. duck hunt, baby. Bang, bang. <laughs> All right. Well, that was, you beat my, my thoughts there. I was going to say duck okay. out there, but that, yeah. that's fine. So, so there we go. Um, Tyler, we promised the folks uh, last week when you weren't on that you would give us some thoughts about the World Cup. We kind of went into it, but um, go ahead, spill, uh, spill your thoughts, buddy. Let's go. Best World Cup I've ever watched. Hands down, best one I've ever watched. And and you're probably like, well, USA didn't even make it out of the, the round of 16. doesn't matter. We did not expect him to make it out of the round of 16 anyways. doesn't matter. That final match between France and Argentina was probably one of the most impressive and fun games I have ever witnessed. And if you're a fan of, if you're not a fan of soccer, I should say, or football, and this is your first game you ever watch, I'm sorry it's, it's like it did something on ecstasy and it was an amazing thing. No other game is going to ever compare to that. It's, it's just, just the way it is. That's top of the top. One of the greatest games ever played in a world cup. In my opinion, I can't wait to run it back. I mean, we got uh, Mexico, Canada and USA. So, you know, um, Texas is already, Jerry Jones is already throwing $60 million in refurbishments for his stadium to get ready for the world cup. I think Santa Clara is going to do some refurbishments as well. So Arrowhead, really excited to see all, all of them. They're going to uh, every stadium that's hosting a world cup game is going to get a little bit of nip and tuck happening. Uh, just, and, and most of these stadiums are already in pretty good shape as it mm-hmm. is. So this is all just going to be, you know, a hat on a hat, almost like we're going to get top of the line stuff as opposed to really good stuff, you know, like 
I think I, I I don't know what exactly what the improvements will be. I have to imagine the fields will be like top quality uh, at that point. And I mean, even like screens and stuff like that, maybe uh, maybe they'll add some money to that. Uh, you know, I don't the, think Jerry uh, Jones needs any more money on screens. No, no, Jerry Jones of... doesn't. But like uh, other stations. places, uh, uh, other stadiums would, I think uh, maybe uh, Arrowhead gets a little upgrade there or something like that. Is the money coming in, is that the Dark Lord FIFA's fuck you money, or is this like their actual money that they're spending? I don't know. Uh, I have to wait for the documentary in four years or three and a half years. Uh, <laughs> you know what the best part the about coming from? You know what the best part about our World Cup in the next four years hmm. is that a thousand slaves didn't die, tried to build it. Oh my yeah. God. <laughs> 5,000, but yeah. It's, but but I mean, maybe, but maybe yeah. in Kent. Maybe in Canada, a couple of religious people were buried underneath a church to build. Things. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, well, I mean, I'm sure there's definitely some bad stuff that happened to get some of these stadiums built anyway, but uh, the good, is... the, at least the infrastructure already exists at this point. Like, I mean, uh, did you, the deals did you are done. The stadiums hear, are up. Did you guys hear what uh, uh, Qatar is planning for the stadiums? No. What? It's pretty, <laughs> it's actually pretty interesting. One of the stadiums is already, so they they were kind of aware that there's been other countries that host World Cup, the Olympics, and once those big events leave, um, it it they just become big white elephants on hmm. government books, you know, um, where now it's become a cost to just keep them clean, and some of these things like, you know, um. I think Brazil has some of them that are like falling apart and, you know, they spent billions on these stadiums. So one of the stadiums in Qatar was actually made of a shipping container. So it was, it's dis it was, it's already disassembled oh, yeah. okay. and put on a ship and it's actually being sent to um, another country because that country is putting a bid to host a world cup in the future. Um, so it's like, portable stadiums i thought that was actually really interesting that, that is kind of interesting yeah and that is a other, good idea actually you the know? other thing <laughs> is uh some of the stadiums so the fields are going to stay like the 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 playing field but some of them basically they're going to become public public uh parks they're going to become living spaces so part of it will stay a stadium and then some of the stadiums are being remodeled so that they could be like an apartment it could be a shopping mall. It could be, you know, restaurants. So they're trying to make them like, and then you could still play soccer there, but it's not going to, they know it's not going to host 50,000 people. It's probably going to host like 2000 people. So they're scaling the stadium down, but they're keeping the infrastructure and remodeling it to, um, to be more, you know, part of the city. You know, That's housing, cool. restaurants, entertainment. So, as crazy and bullshit as their uh, the process to get there was, it, it's kind of an interesting concept on construction and what's going to happen afterward because this could be the the footprint for um, future World Cups in developing countries. Yeah, yeah I mean, I, I mean it, it would be nice if when they were building these things, they they see it as something as an investment that could be something else after the event is over, like you said. Yep. You know, like why not? Why? You're already putting all this money into it. Yeah. That make it sustainable, you know? Anyway. Yeah, I mean, uh, I remember years ago when San Francisco was putting in a bid for the Olympics, 
like they, they like it wasn't just San Francisco like up like suddenly upgrading all these like fields and stuff like even like in the East Bay they started building a lot of parks and stuff that mm-hmm. could in theory host you know lower level qualifying events you know of for like softball and things like that you know so so yeah. it, it is kind of um it, it it's it's nice to see that things can get used after they're done with it or even in some cases when they don't even use them at all for the intended original purpose you know mm-hmm. so Agreed. so that's yeah. that, that that's part of the sustainability mm-hmm. issue that has come up again and again uh and that's part of the reason why usa mexico canada got this world cup is because the infrastructure already exists for the most part. Uh, some of these stadiums, obviously, they're going to have improvements made, but they, they don't have to spend $3 billion building each stadium. Like, is the, the, the stadiums are already there. They're ready to roll. They well, could like host two, games Two now. of the stadiums in Mexico are, like, just recently opened, like, uh, just a few years ago. So two oh, of them yeah. are already, like, brand new. They're, um, Asturias Azteca is uh, also getting a a facelift to modernize it because the NFL is going to continue uh, to keep coming back. So it also gives um, these stadiums a chance to modernize for, you know, because we know the NFL is uh, coming into Mexico more and more often. They're going to be doing more games in Germany and all that. So, you know, it's interesting how the stadium business is moving forward. Yeah. Um, Last bit of the order here. Just want to touch on it. Uh, Wrexham updates here. They are sitting second in the table here. Uh, they are down four points uh, to Knotts County. Currently, Knotts County has 57. Wrexham has 53. Um, that actually is a uh, – basically, Wrexham has to make up a game here. The field was literally frozen solid, um, so they couldn't oh. play on the pitch. So wow. they're technically, if they win their makeup game, they're only one point behind Knotts County instead of four. So – I think that makeup game is due for next week, I believe. And then also the next round of the FA Emirates free uh, uh, cup here is in two weeks as well. So just a quick update on Rexon. All right. Well, boys, um, I did want to let listeners know if you've made it this far, um, you should go back and listen to the last episode because it was Christmas time and maybe you didn't get to listen to it. So you should go back and listen to that one too. Uh, there was a lot of uh, debate in there. I wasn't in there. I had a cold, unfortunately, um, but it's okay. Um, also, too, please reach out to us, you know, on on YouTube and hit the like button. Smash it, please. Let us know. We've got some great listens from the last episode, so we'd love to hear more people's engagement onto it. And just tell us what you think here. Yep, we want to make this for you, the people. Slide into our DMs. Uh, SVT sports pod at gmail.com Instagram, Twitter, SVT sports pod. Uh, we look forward to uh, interacting with you all. And, uh, really just hype to get everybody involved in this uh, community that we want to build. And let's go Sweden. I don't know who's listening, but let us know. Shout out. Yeah. yeah shout Thank out. you. Shout out Colorado. <laughs> shout out Sweden. Yeah. <laughs> all right, fellas. Well, you guys have a wonderful night and uh, I will see you guys next week. All right. Later, dude. Bye. See ya.